Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today's Sunday, April 2nd. This is episode 190. I am Tony. And I am Dennis. And this is going to be our Texas Pinball Festival, a.k.a. TPF. TPF. Uh, 2023 recap. But before we do that, we obviously will start with our introductions. And before doing even that, I will note we did pick up another Patreon member. Yay. And uh, Michael J., intermediate support level so as of the last check our count is at 52 and we appreciate all of you and i hope those of you who whether you're a patreon member or not enjoyed tony's uh, revival of the grams because on our trip yeah we we did some grams you, you did i didn't put any grams out you were in some of the pictures i was i guess uh but I didn't actually. I chose the completely wrong time lapse speed on one of the time lapses mm. I wanted to do. It was. That and was I held fun. the phone for like two and a half minutes, and I had like four seconds of <laughs> video, and I was like, "Oh yes. no!" So Tony, for those that haven't seen him, you can go to our, either our Instagram or they're also shared on the Facebook page um, at uh, eclectic underscore eclectic. What is our Facebook? Facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast. I think yeah. is how you can get to that. Um, and so he wanted to do some time lapses as we drove through some of the major cities. And major in quotations. Yes, yes. Major for us. Major on our route. And so you did that. And then, yes, the one you had set so that it was it was requiring an awful lot of content and before it would actually have a second's worth of video to show. And he's like, <laughs> my arms are getting tired. Because I, I was like, well, how much time do you want? And he goes, well, normally I want the video to be 20 seconds. <laughs> and it's like, and, but based off this current recording, I think that's going to be 20 minutes of holding the phone up. And it's like, well, we might be there by then. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, 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 me playing around with the time lapse just that came naturally on my phone. And I didn't do anything smart like, you know, have uh, something designed to hold the phone or planned around it or have you know just gotten like a gopro and set it on time lapse and put it on the dash like i probably should have instead i just played it by ear on the fly and we had ourselves sore arms yes well you did i did well mine i guess were a little slower sore from the steering wheel but only a little bit the uh, so anyway, we're obviously we're going to go over the show here as the bulk of our episode. You do have a few video game items that you'll also cover. Uh, anything interesting happening since getting back? Because obviously we we actually got back a week ago, right? Um, no, I, I took it pretty easy. Uh, work uh, catch up was deeply involved, uh, so I was pretty busy all week long. And then yesterday, I woke up yesterday morning. A, I slept longer than way longer than I normally sleep. It was, it was interesting uh, because we'd done a live stream for your watch thing mm. the night before, and then once I went to bed, I slept really good. And when I woke up, we had no internet. Oh, I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll just play some uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh yeah, it, it, it's by EA. Mm. It, you have to have an internet connection to play a single player game because it's by EA. So instead, I fired up Horizon Zero Dawn, which was the game that I was going to start on after Jedi Fallen Order, and I played it for a big chunk of the day uh, between working on stuff with the family and taking kids to their stuff and all that. So, But we our internet was down for like six plus hours. Mm. Was it just a general outage in the it area? It was a general outage in yep. the area. That's usually what gets me, too. Yep. I usually have it a couple times a year. 
Well, uh, when we drove back last Sunday, so a week ago, I had that Monday off, and then I went to a public health conference that I had scheduled for work. Which which is probably just as much, if not more fun than TPF. It was uh, a little bit less fun. The I, I had two presentations to do for it. So because the first day, the Tuesday that I went out there was actually pre-conference, but they had asked me and I thought about <sighs> I kind of thought about skipping that part because I knew I was still going to be really tired only because you know, I, I mean, Monday being off was I'm off of work, but like I had to do all the laundry and everything to get ready for the next trip. And I was just like, I really wish I had another day. Um but so I thought maybe I could cut out of not doing the pre-conference this year. But then they asked me to present during part of the pre-conference. So I was like, okay, well, no, never mind. Because uh, at least they started late enough in the day that I could do the drive that morning and not go in Monday night. So I did that, and then the next day I had a a, a larger presentation they wanted. Uh, but I mean, it was pretty good. I I did uh, I did leave one workshop early. And I was just like, I need a nap. I have, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm too tired. Uh, I can't I can't stay because someone came up to me afterwards. They said. Oh, you left that meeting. You left that one workshop. I'm like, I had a phone call. And then they go, which I, I did. I got voice messages all the time. But then afterwards, I'm like, I'm not going back in there. Like, oh, they talked about you after that. I'm like, oh, well, if it was bad, I guess I'll find out when, I, when I'm fired. I'm like, no, they, they, you know, they were just talking about, you know, getting through the pandemic and stuff. And I was like, okay, well. So anyway, did that. Uh, and then the it wasn't other- one of those fun uh, work related business conferences where they brought in like, like, Q tier comedians to do oh, all the oh big no. stuff or, had, or candy okay. strippers. Okay, or, and I'm not. I don't want to belabor it because obviously most of the listening audience doesn't really care about public health presenters. But the, they this conference it's it's the governor's public health conference is what it's called, and they actually have a sizable budget. So they do bring in like keynoters that are are five figures in cost. Uh, and here's the thing, Tony, and I don't. I know some people really, really like this, uh, and I don't think this will come as a surprise to you, but I don't like motivational speakers. Like, it, they really bug me, <laughs> by and large, by and large. So they had one keynoter who's actually from the area, and she's a, she's a fairly famous principal, and she was good. Like, I thought she was, you know, she was inspirational without being over, you know, really over the top. Like, she felt authentic, because she actually still works as a superintendent. She started to serve, you know, as a teacher and principal and then became a superintendent. We got her from Missouri a few years ago and she does a lot on what we call social determinants of health. The first keynoter that we had though, some ex cop guy, I, I walked out. I was just like, I, he went the moment he did the whole three letters in the desk thing. Uh, uh, yeah, we've all heard it before and he didn't tell it like, he didn't make it clear that it was apocryphal. He actually told it like he knew someone where that, that happened. And I was like, that's like, that's like internet 101. So I, I, yeah, that was, no, he didn't say anything offensive. It's just like, after that, I, I got up and I'm just like, no, no, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like that. That story isn't used by every, by every C tier motivational person in the book. Like I have that one memorized because it's like, you know, because it sounds so good in your head when you think about it. Right. So, uh, and I guess I had used him before and it was the same presentation. Someone else told me, they said, oh, I didn't like the first guy. I said, oh yeah, I walked out on him. And they go, he, it was the same exact thing he did like five years ago when we brought him. It's because most of those things ever yeah. changed. It's, yeah. like the, it's like the one I, <laughs> management one I went to where the guy's telling a story about how he went in and they just, 
he, they had a clean house and he fired this guy and like four years later he was getting gas and he saw that guy parked next to him getting gas and that guy came walking over and he thought he was about to get knocked out and then the guy hugged him and was like, mm. thank you for firing me. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me and, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the last one, the last uh, keynoter was a musician. And, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, with a guitar, with this a is- guitar. This is Wonderwall. Did it. <laughs> so it actually started strong. He went around because uh, this was during the, the like the final lunch. They lunch. This guy presents and then we leave on the last day. And so he goes around to the tables. and He's like, name brand name bands that at least 10 million people would know. So people are like saying things like ACDC and Garth Brooks and bands are singers. And so he goes and he starts and he just plays a little bit of a song and we and gets the audience to yell out what band it was. That part was fun. That was five minutes of it, though. Then he went on and I think it was supposed to be motivational because he was a music teacher. But and he's like playing a lot of his original songs, which were all bad. <laughs> and I'm just like, and he's talking and he's like messing with, I didn't know the name. I'm not a guitar player. So the, was it the camber, the thing that they attached to the, to the neck that hold the frets in a certain position, you know, oh, when they went yeah. out, I don't know they what it's called right, when you want to configure it for a particular set of chords. Well, he has to keep adjusting this for certain songs. He can't. And I mean, he acknowledged it. So full credit to him knowing where his weaknesses lie, but he couldn't talk and do that at the same time. So he's like messing with this and he would just have to stop, stop talking he wouldn't stay in front of the he didn't put on a lavalier he used a mic like we're using here so he's constantly going off to the side like this and then coming back over to the mic because he's looking over at his computer constantly i almost walked out of this too and he got five figures i I don't know how much he got but (laughs) he was a repeat I'm like, he must have been like that bad before, right? And you chose to bring I, him back. I don't have, and I am on the planning committee, but I don't know any of these people. So I don't want you to blame me. That said, when I get my evaluation, these will be noted by me personally. I will make note of, I I will make note of every single thing I didn't like. I always do on evaluation. I need to figure out how to get these keynote jobs. I, I can be motivational. It's, and I didn't get I didn't get paid for my presentation. I was last minute. They were like two days before the agenda was published. All of a sudden, I got asked, "Hey, can you talk about how the Kansas legislature is structured and how bills become laws?" And I'm like, "I've never done that presentation." And they like, don't. Please, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go to conference with six people. Boom, there you go. That's yeah. democracy in Kansas. So anyway, <laughs> so I had that, and then also as you you know you mentioned uh, helping out on a live stream that we did on Friday uh, regarding watches. At the same exact time that the governor's conference is going on, you know, we just got back from TPF. Watches and Wonders Geneva 2023, the biggest watch event that happens every year in the in the wristwatch world, that's going on. And so it's like all of these major releases from Rolex and Patek and Tudor are dropping. And I'm like, I'm trying to do coverage, but I'm totally dead by the end of the day. I, I packed a microphone and I, every other than the last day, every day I would record uh, videos at night in my hotel room uh, talking about all these new releases because it's the best time for the channel to get views. Uh, I just have this mental and image content. of Dennis is teaching a class. He's got one earbud in and one earbud in and watches and wonders on his phone sitting there on the podium as he's walking around doing a class. He's like, ah, da, da, da. Ooh, I, da, da, da. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Th- thankfully it's not kind of like uh, pinball where they are, where they're all like in a, in a conference room and they do the reveal. What, 
what they did at least this year what they really did is like on day one all of it was revealed yeah everything and, and then throughout the rest of the days they <laughs> do the talks about them but we already got to see it. like they don't wait and hold you know put galactic tank force under a sheet and then pull the sheet away it's like when the event opens all the sheets are pulled and then you just wait to hear the interviews and it, it's all a media thing until yesterday mm-hmm. yesterday and today are the last two days of the event and this is the first time they opened it to the public it's a, actually a very it's a new show they only started it up a couple of years ago so it replaced some other shows, Basil World and stuff. But I know the, we've re- had people write in before. There are a lot of listeners who do not want to hear about wristwatches. So anyway, I, all I'm just saying is that I've been very busy since TPF, and I want another vacation. So speaking of that, we don't get one yet. We got we got one last gasp to go over TPF. So let's go into the pinball section. Uh, that's all we're really going to talk about other than Rumor Corner. We we There was a rumor that Tony and I actually talked about while we were at TPF. So we'll end the segment with that. But the way I thought we should do this, Tony, is split it kind of into two chunks. I want us to focus really in on the new stuff that we saw. And those sort of fall into two categories. There's the stuff that we never really got to try before that how new it is is very it's very relative and then there's the new games where this was like the first show or the near first show so right we'll, we'll end with that we'll end with the latter and for those that aren't familiar so the new stuff the six games everyone sort of agrees on that were new for this show were foo fighters from stern godfather from jjp pulp fiction from cgc galactic tank force from american pinball and final resistance from multimorphic now that's five scooby is the sixth because this was the second show it was at. Granted, mm-hmm. it was announced a few months ago. We're also going to go ahead and include a seventh, though. We'll include Queen from Pinball Brothers. Well, that has been out for a while, this was a big opportunity for a lot of people, in my opinion, to have first experienced it. Right. Uh, it might have been an expo, but you know who goes to that? So, <laughs> so I wanted to include that in this grouping. And we're and the way we'll do that is we'll rank them. So be thinking about your rank order on those. And, but before that, let's go ahead and start with the other new stuff, new to us. I'm going to start with an old one, a 10-year-old old one that we had never gotten to play before, even though it's been at every TPF we have been to, yep. and that is The Big Lebowski we by Dutch We finally Pinball. got a chance to play it. We did. It wasn't broken. The line wasn't obscene. We got to get up there. We got to put time on it. Tony, what were your thoughts on The Big Lebowski? I enjoyed it. It, I mean, it, it, it shot pretty well. It had some fun mechanics in it. Um, it. We know, we all know that there's been a big hubbaloo around the background and the machines actually coming out and people getting the machines that they ordered. But the actual machines themselves, what we played on it was fun. I, I had a really good time with it. I and We only played one game on it. And uh, yeah, it was okay. I I think had I played this ten years ago, I would have liked the layout more than I do now, and that's Balance. not. And part of that could be my own evolution of taste, but I think part of it also would be more along the lines of what was games are just better now than than they used to be. It did shoot pretty well. Like I like the rug toy. I didn't get to get to the bowling alley, so I can't really comment on that. I didn't. Even. I always read that it was very very easy uh, to do the bowling alley. But yeah, no, the the layout was. Uh, I would describe it as simple but effective, um, and the theme immersion was strong yes. for the game. So I could see why people who are fans of the film in particular would be very partial to this game. Uh, it would never be a game that I would be inclined to buy uh, at this point. But um, but yeah, no, it was it was nice. It was nice to finally get to try it. Um, 
yeah, no, I thought it was it was a competent effort. It's too bad the company has struggled so much to uh, yeah to successfully output. And and yes, uh, from last I've read, they they have still not made all of the pre-orders whole. Uh, and I just I honestly I don't know how many more of these they can sell to you know where they're doing this process for those right. who aren't familiar they've been doing a process where they sell a certain number of new ones to buyers and then they make a pre-order or whole which it, it it's been working but it's been working very slowly again this was a game that was revealed i think i don't remember it was like is near on 10 years ago i believe i thought it was around 2012 2014 maybe uh yeah maybe tw- yeah 2014 so maybe nine years um but anyway uh it was neat uh, another game we both got to play a, a custom game, Dukes of Hazard. We I've seen this one a number of times. A, a Jake Danzig's uh, game. This yep. is a a retheme. Well, I don't want to call it a retheme. It uses the it uses the same layout as Paragon, but the rules are entirely different. Yeah, it it, it is beyond a retheme. Right, right. A re, to me, a retheme would just be oh, we put a new art package on a game. But no, this is all. It's got the Paragon layout, but beyond that, it's custom. What did you think of of the Dukes? I thought it was a massive improvement over Paragon. It had a lot of fun uh, bits to it. Um, It had some real interesting mechanics. Uh, The pop bumper that gives you negative score. Mm, uh, The Beast Slayer. Yeah, the the Beast Slayer and Paragon is the jail. It gives you negative score, and it's great. But having Paragon with a ball save. Is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it was appreciated. Uh, yeah, I agree. I've actually I'm not a Paragon fan, uh, and I um, and yes, Dukes is a, is a better execution on Paragon. Yeah. So the yeah the cleverness of saying oh when you're in jail and you're hitting that beast layer pop bumper, uh, you're gonna lose points. I I've wanted more games to actually take points away. What games What games do it other than uh, there was I think there was a a game where you could gamble it all. Uh, you could, I don't remember which one it was where you could bet points and, and lose them, but that was the only one that kind of comes to mind. Plus, uh, you know, as an added uh, disincentive, the bonus multiplier or the, or the play field multiplier that applied to the losses. Right. If you had activated, if you built up like a, a multiplier that was going to take away on your point, I thought, I just thought it was a really clever rule. Um, art looked good. You know, I watched the Dukes when I was a kid. Oh so, yeah. Who uh, didn't? I don't know people that were younger than us. I guess. Well, that's <laughs> okay. That's valid. Probably, I'm just saying. I'm just saying they probably didn't. That, that that's uh, true. But so, of our age, yeah. it, it, it was a common thing. So that that was the uh, that was the only homebrew I played. But you also played the Mech Mech Warrior Five pinball. I played the yeah the Mech Warrior Five Mercenary pinball machine. Uh, I did include a link uh, for us to put in the show notes that goes to the. Um, thread on Penn side about this game uh it, it's my love of BattleTech is well known uh but this uh, uh gentleman is making a completely custom mech warrior based game um what's interesting about it is it is running off of an actual gaming pc because the game is using the unreal engine because it's generating on the lcd screen uh content based upon what's going on on the machine. So it's using an Unreal Engine gaming PC and an Arduino to generate uh, all of the imagery that you're seeing and to run the actual game. So stuff that's happening so stuff that's happening in the game uh, 
is directly shown on the screen. Your mech taking damage, the enemy mech you're fighting taking damage. There's different modes you can activate. Uh, there's a series of pop bumpers in the back that correspond with hit locations. So when you're in combat, about hitting the the pop bumpers is how you are hitting your targets. And then the damage you cause is based upon your weapons loadout, uh, what you hit, and the normal damage range that the games have for the weapons. So it, it's random into the gamma, damage range like you would have in MechWarrior 5. And then the game even has a career mode where you can build a career. You can build up money. Uh, open a me- go into the mech lab, modify your mech, purchase different mechs, change mechs. There, it is deeply, deeply involved um, with a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, it's still pretty early, uh, obviously, um, but it has a lot of interesting mechanics, a lot of fun stuff being worked on. Uh, he's done a lot of work, uh, and it, it, it was really, really cool. It even has a two-player mode where you play simultaneously, where one player is playing the pinball machine. The other player is using an Xbox controller to do support work on the uh, LCD screen while one of them is playing pinball. Wow. (laughs) This was more complicated than I realized it was. Oh, it is super, it is super deeply involved. The um, play field is a custom uh, acrylic play field with a wood backing uh, with custom art. This is more than just throwing some stuff together in 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 your your garage type thing. He he. This is a deeply involved game with lots of interesting work going on. Uh, that's why I included the link to the pen side thread where he talks about it more. Uh, I played multiple games on it and talked to him for quite a while, and and it is an impressive effort. And as I recall from reading in the thing, I think it took first place for custom pinball at TPF. Well, congratulations then. So, so you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Awesome. Uh, I do want to go ahead and, and uh, we didn't play this, so I wasn't going. I, I wasn't thinking to mention it originally. But but Turner Pinball, which bought some assets from Deep Root, was right. there with a prototype of Ninja Eclipse. We did go up and see it. There wasn't really a line for it. Uh, it it had art, but like you could see where the inserts were supposed to be, but it was just arted over, like solid art over it. Right. Um, as I just noted, we we didn't play it. Uh, I. I actually, it wasn't someone with Turner, but someone I was talking to asked me if I wanted to play it, and I said no. And the reason is, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play a uh, a prototype because my my worry is that it will leave a bad impression in my in my right. mind, and I it would bias me towards the final version. So, as a general, I, I mean, really, other than homebrews that have chosen to go out there on occasion and. and so I have on occasion played a homebrew that is not complete, kind of like Mech Warriors, not complete. Uh, I don't like to, I don't want to play a prototype. Right. I, I'm worried it will just make me hate it. So there's I, the total annihilation Whitewood, which is completely different. Right, right. But again, at the time when we played total, what was, uh, yeah, what was total annihilation, it was, it was thought to be just a homebrew. Yeah. We weren't expecting it to be a final thing. So even like, okay, well, the homebrewer thinks that this is this is something they want to show off. Sometimes I'll try. And there are a lot of homebrews I don't play. Like, I didn't play the MechWarrior. I, I don't usually focus on the homebrews. Right. So uh, that just depends. But when it comes to professional, obviously, we don't usually see prototypes show up from a, from a, from a professional manufacturer. You don't want to play the alpha. Exactly. I just, I, I would rather not. Um, but 
anyway, so, but yes, it was there. Yes, I looked at it. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't look at it close enough to say, like, do I have, con- it's a new company. I got all sorts of concerns that move well beyond the, the anything with the layout, much less the software rule set, which, right. <laughs> which I have no, I, I assume is not really developed yet. Um, now, uh, we did see, of course, Multimorphic was there at the yep. show. And they had one of the P3 systems that I think they were swapping in some of, at least at one point in the show, started putting in third-party modules because we did get a chance to play Drained, which was uh, Nick Baldridge's creation that he he sells through his For Amusement Only games. I'm not sure if that's the, the, the full exact title of his company that he set up to do that. But it's, a, it's an EM-style game. It's got a gobble hole in the middle. It's a whole module. It's not just a software package for the P3. It's a whole module that you get in the back. It's got a whole bunch of, of stand-up targets, and uh, you go about trying to slay very f- what looked like friendly vampires to me. They seemed friendly. On the they stage. seemed really nice, so it was really too bad you were killing them all. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't kill any. You killed one. I did. So we both played it. Uh, what were your thoughts? It was fun. You uh, definitely felt like an old EM. So I think a lot of the it was fun will count how much you enjoy old EMs. If you don't like that 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 style of game, you probably wouldn't like it as much. Um, but it, it was very interesting. I liked how they handled a lot of the uh, the shots. Uh, again, like I said, feeling old, building up score, then having to use the gobble hole to drop your ball out of play to to score. Uh, very old school feel, but still, I mean, it was enjoyable for that style of game. Okay. Uh, it didn't really work for me. Yeah. I, I don't mean like the game didn't work. The game functioned yeah. fine. I One, I couldn't really hear it. This is a common thread you're going to find out well, throughout that's a, that's the show. That's just a TPF thing. So um, <laughs> I know there was an option to control something with one of the other buttons, but I couldn't, like I read it on the screen, but I couldn't figure out like what, what, what it was doing. Like, I didn't see it do anything, which right. means one of two things. One, well, three things. One, I didn't, I just didn't see it doing whatever it was doing, and I missed it. Two, my hand was actually on the wrong button, because there are three buttons with the P3, and I thought I checked and looked to the side and made sure I picked the right color, but maybe I didn't. Yeah. And Or three, I didn't get to wherever that option was. So while I would, I would hit it from time to time, because I'm like, I want to see whatever this is supposed to toggle, and I, so I was just doing it all throughout. The big thing is about it, um, I think, is when I think about, and I'm not a huge wood rail fan, and mm-hmm. I, I owned one at one point, but the three-inch flippers feel so weird to me on a game that's that's this feeling like this era. Like I want it to be two-inch flippers. I want it to be a weird lower play field. I because that was for me part of the fun with the old EMs is trying just to get control of the ball. With the P3, it's real easy to control the Yes, ball. it is. I hadn't thought about that. And, so, and I think that's what a lot of it is, is that lower section is just, it's it's very open, of course, because of the design of the system. Right. And so everything is just in the back. And there's a lot up there. That, like his module has a lot to do up there. But like when it came to wanting to focus on the gobble hole, my horrid accuracy aside, ball control was easy. Right. And I just, so to me, that was anachronistic to it. Uh, so I think that was probably part of why, uh, why it wasn't clicking in a way like it wouldn't be something I would I would be inclined to buy, but I've I've enjoyed it more than some of the other modules. Like I had more fun on this than I did uh, Cosmic uh, Kart Racing, which granted we had originally played that before the rules were fully flushed out right. in Cosmic Kart. Uh, the art though uh, was a standout for me. 
I don't know. I really like the art package on it. It's it's very different. Uh, but I as and Tony knows this, and I probably commented on this before. I'm a real big fan of of black and white art packages in general. Like I really like the Munsters mm. art package that Franchi that Franchi did for the for the premiums. And so this being so black and white, and it's just a different drawing style. I actually aesthetically really really enjoyed it. Um, but. We'll be talking about another P3 game here later when we get to the to the what we call the the new games, the main new games that yep. were revealed. Um, only other ones I wanted to touch on is Haggis had a booth. Uh, they had Celts and Fathom Revisited, which we had both played Fathom the original before a number Correct. of times, several times, and so we got uh, we got a chance to to do both of those. I actually got to play them multiple times, and let's let's start with. With Celts, um, Tony, any thoughts on that? Obviously, Celts came out quite a while ago, but um, they had a couple there. We got to play some Highland games. What'd you think? I I was very meh on it. I, I was indifferent to it. It was okay. There was nothing. It didn't interest. It didn't really excite me or interest me in any way. It, it didn't. I've definitely shot worse games, and I didn't hate it. But overall. I just didn't care. Yeah, it's again, it's not a bad, it's not a bad game. Um, but like, I I liked Drained more than I liked Celts. Yes, and but I don't like, I don't dislike Celts that much more than Drained. Uh, for me, the upper area—I don't want to call it an upper playfield because it's really not—but the upper area of Celts, I enjoyed that part when I could be up in there. Mm-hmm. The my main issue with Celts is uh, the Silver Ball Mania vibe going on with a horseshoe in the center. And I, this is harder than Silver Ball Mania. With Silver Ball Mania, I had a game on Silver Ball Mania where I think I spent 10 minutes on one ball just horseshoeing for no other reason than to prove I could. But, which doesn't mean, it doesn't mean a lot because I'm sure all the, you know, top level players are like, you got to be kidding. Silver Ball Mania's horseshoe is like the easiest, safest feed ever. I mean, they got it all set up so it didn't cheat you or anything. It's just, I de- it's a short lower play field, but it doesn't feel like there's much to do because the horseshoe, you know, you can shoot the right side, it comes out the left. You can shoot the left side that comes out the right. You've got the big open scoop in the middle. And so it's narrowed, but it doesn't have like the, that, that ferociousness that TNA does. So, right. uh, so that, yeah, uh, the rules seemed okay and all of that, but, uh, just based off of layout, it just, it's not my style of game. So it'd be, again, it's, it's okay, but it's never anything I would buy. Right. Uh, Fathom revisited though. Okay, so we got to play it with the new rules, uh, the new effect. All right, it's a beautiful game. It's amazing to look it, at. It, it it looks. I think it. I think it's visual uh, acuity uh, is well captured in photos. So, uh, so going up to it, I knew it was going to look really good. Um, I liked the new rules. Actually, I really liked it. Uh, of all the games I played, including all the new games we're going to talk about. This was the only game that really got my pulse up, like mm-hmm. because it had been a it's been a few years since I had played Fathom, regular Fathom, and I forgot I shouldn't have forgot, but I forgot just how brutal that layout was. It is definitely and gonna so wreck you. My desperation to keep control, the constant mental frustration of okay, remember the outlines are the inlines and the inlines are the outlines, uh, except you can still lose the ball out of the outlane <laughs> inlane because if it's not going fast enough, it's going to go. And, tri- and triple down, bounce off the little wire form. So it actually stressed me more than more than any other game. Uh, I liked the screen. And Kelts has this too, but I liked the screens in the lockdown bar. 
Yeah. I thought, interesting idea. So now you don't have to deal with it uh, being in the, I think placement wise, I would, I prefer the, the highway or the P3 or the, you know, having the screen more where the ball is in play, but having it on the lockdown bar is still way easier than looking up at the back box. Right. So I thought, and then you don't have to deal with, oh, well, we have to have a thing that keeps, you know, like the highway games, you have to level the little uh, acrylic plate over the, you know, there's a seam where the screen would be. So you have to deal with a seam and they avoid that with this. Um, And I I did get the multi-ball. I got, uh, you know, I did a couple modes. I think I played Fathom Revisited uh, three or four times at the show. Um, it was fun. I actually, I could, I could see owning it. I, oh, and it, the thing is, is if you own it and have it in your collection, it's going to look beautiful even when you're not playing it because it just, it, the art pack is just so good. I don't have enough time on it to know if there's the, like, if you were someone highly limited on space, let, let's say you could only have like maybe two pinball machines. I don't know if it's strong enough to stand on its own. Um, the brutality would keep you coming back. So the idea, it's got the one more game feel aspect to it. But if you're looking for like a deep adventure, I'm not sure that even the new rules are going to give you that level of depth. But with a collection like my size, which, you know, when you're, when you're up at, at a half dozen games or more, um, things like that, sit, I mean, I have games that are shallower than that. You know, I've got, right. I've got Buck Rogers, I've got Sinbad, very straight, you know, I have the space to accommodate a couple of uh, brutal games. Uh, also, I want to say this uh, for this game, and I'm assuming Celts did the same thing, whatever they made the play field out of that it felt fine and yeah. it looked great looks good. plastic or whatever if uh, i did not notice any weird behavior with the balls um the mechanics on the games felt good the drops felt good the sl- the flippers felt great everything felt amazing it on was that game. it felt really good i i'm i'm a little disappointed i didn't consider it more when it was first revealed but but i'd never played a haggis game and i didn't know what to expect well and and that's an understandable thought process so, anyway it was I, I, it feels weird because you know it's it's also an older game that already exists with a known proven layout, but it's it's impressive. It was impressive. I would recommend if you get a chance to try it. I would say try it. I I am liking like 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 what this did. Uh, like what we've seen with uh, Kex Canyon Revisited. What we've seen with with Attack from Mars, Medieval Madness, all that stuff. Taking a well-known solid machine new builds with modern techniques modern refinements so that it looks even better than it looked before and in this case rules just like on cactus new rules that help flesh out a game from what it was originally uh I do not hate this trend. I, I rather kind of like this trend because it feels like all you're doing is taking classics and pol- and, and putting more polish on them. And I am okay with that. Uh, because this game was, like you said, it was incredibly fun. Um, looks amazing. Uh, everything about it was way... It was better than I expected. I went into it with no real good expectations. Uh, I kind of figured that okay, it, it'll at best it'll be fathom, but it's not. It is definitely a notch above that. Yeah, of all the ones, and that was the last one of our kind of not main quote unquote new games that we're we're going to talk about here. This would be the one that I would I would buy of all the ones we just talked about. Granted, I haven't played Mech Warrior Five. Right. And that's not going to have an option to buy anyway. True. So custom, I guess the custom games don't really count, but it is the one I would get. 
Okay, so that was fun. Uh, were there any that I mentioned uh, that I didn't mention that you wanted that you thought I need to or you wanted to bring up? No, because I think all the other ones. I mean, we played some really nice older games here and there, but mm-hmm. it's all stuff. It's all more yeah. standard stuff. Yeah, nothing, nothing exceedingly different or weird or special. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and let's hit the uh, the main the main games that everyone the, what what you all have been asking, what you all have been emailing us uh, or messaging us or patreoning us about. That's yeah, it's a verb. It's fine. Just verb all the words. Yeah, I just verb them. Verb them. So I'm trying to think. I don't know what the best way to to do this is. Um, we, we might see some divergence. So I'm going to have you lead off. I, let's go from best to worst. Okay. Uh, and we'll just go through our ranked order. Because I, I know from us talking, we might be pretty similar on a number of these. Some of them might shuffle a little bit, and that's okay. Uh, and I, I will say before starting, by and large, if I were to describe this set of seven games, is they're good. Like, by and large, I left with more positives than negatives. Yeah. But... For me, the way it's going to work is essentially once we get to the like the top four games are all really, in my opinion, pretty strong. And then as of, for me, number five on down is where the negatives start to really weigh, weigh it down. But, but you know, our, everyone's mileage may vary. So right. I'll, I'll let you go ahead and, and start up. What was your, of these, of these games, what was your number one pick? Kind of a surprise to me, in all honesty. Not the one I figured going into the show. Mm. Foo Fighters. Okay. I'm a fan of of the band Foo Fighters. I was a fan of the art, and I thought the game looked okay. But actually playing that game was a ton more fun than I had expected. I figured it would be high on my list, but I did not expect it to be like the number one on my list, and it is. It is the game that, of all of these, I think it's the one that I went back to the most. It is the one of all of these that I would most like to have myself. Uh, you did play both the premium and the pro version. Which one did you yes. like more of those? Oh, the premium. Okay. And that's not always with a case, the that's, case that's with true. me. That's true. But in this case, I, I liked the premium a lot. And it was, it, like I said, it was very... Very enjoyable. Yeah, I I mean, uh, that's my number one pick also. Premium Foo Fighters, uh, followed by Pro. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it, the way it played was was really good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of flow to that game. Uh, the things that Jack Danger has done, the change-ups that he's incorporated, like the the, the kicking target that would fi- could fire like up a ramp or whatnot off on the uh, kind of mid-right side was was a cool thing. I did try and do the do the Shats targets uh, and was unsuccessful at that. But on the premium version, I was able to use the overdrive uh, like dead bounce post and get the ball back into play. That was sort of a neat neatish idea. Um, the rules seemed uh, uh, straightforward. The volumes, of course, again. As we noted earlier, when I was talking about drained, I couldn't really hear the game. Uh, musically, I don't care because I just I'm not I'm not into Foo Fighters. But like in terms of being able to figure it out, I had to rely on the screen to tell me, and I was able to you know get my multi balls and and uh, realize what shots I needed to do and make progress. And yeah, I played it several times, and uh, I had I had good fun with it. Uh, if I were to pick between the two, yeah, premium 
Um, you, I don't know if I do it just for the post at the bottom, though that is fun. Right. I, I do wonder that that's going to make it play a little longish, but some of the other, like the toys and stuff that were going on, uh, you do get that upper play field, which has a couple of shots on it. I wasn't particularly enamored with it, but the flow was really good right. overall. So while I don't necessarily love the shots per se at the upper play field, the overall package I thought worked better as the premium and it was, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun to shoot and the rules seemed approachable and yeah, it, it's my, it's my pick of the show. Yeah. It had a, it had a, I don't want to say weird, but it, it for a band pen, it had a great, just kind of fun story thing going on to it. It wasn't just the normal, this is a concert type thing. And it, it that, it had a very, I want to say pinball-y feel. It, mm. it felt like it, it kind of had that kind of uh, different feel that I think really helped for a game that already shot so well to also have not just be it's a concert or like Elvis where it's just shoot random Elvis stuff. So, no, right. I loved it. Okay. All right. What was your second best pick? Pulp Fiction. Okay. I, going in, I expected Pulp Fiction to be my number one pick for a variety of reasons. Uh, but it is number two um, because Foo Fighters was just so good. We only got the one time on Pulp Fiction. Maybe if we'd had more yeah, than we, one. Yeah, we were in line for about 15 minutes, and those lines were bad the entire, the entire show, show when we checked them. Like When we went in early on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, I don't remember which morning. Probably Sunday. Yeah, Sunday morning when we went in early then, we got like multiple games on Foo Fighters. Yeah, there was no one behind us. No one behind us. And we walked in the door and there was already massive lines on Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I think a lot of that is probably down to the quantity they had available. But I mean, Pulp Fiction was, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Um, They did, it did kind of have, a modern old school cross feel to it. Uh, a lot of the things looked really, it l- l- shot well. I enjoyed what time I had on it. And it feels like a game that I could put a fairly large amount of time on. Uh, and the only thing I have, uh, like everything at TPF, I couldn't hear nothing. Mm. I, don't, yeah. I don't think there was, a, I think the only game I really was able to have, like really, really here was the bell when we played fire that one time mm. tpf overall was just seemed even louder than normal this year hmm. well uh uh pulp fiction was not my second pick uh, i'll talk about my opinions on the game when i get when, yeah. when I get to my rank on it but my, my second pick was uh final resistance multimorphics game the scott and ec game tna 2.0 the true 2.0 um it just uh, this was a game I could actually hear this one because it's it's Scott and he's probably got the music yeah. turned to eleven, uh, and it sounded a lot like TNA uh, fan layout. Uh, I mean, it, all the sh- again, it's the P three. All the shots are in the back. Uh, it is a new module. The um, it's only he only used two flippers. He didn't use the other upper upper flippers that that are possible on the on the system. Uh, he did. I didn't successfully use it, but he did have an uh, a menu option where you could like use an item, and it seemed understandable. I just sort of forgot to use my hack when I when I looked at it at the start of one of my balls. Uh, I I only played it uh, one time, but I did have a decent length of of time on it. Much like TNA, 
you, there are a lot of fast returns, like scoop returns. I got the multi-ball started. The uh, the toy is, uh, I think, fairly straightforward. Like we've seen more fancy engineering engineered toys, in my opinion, like the cosmic kart racing uh, mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, or electromagnetic ball lock, for example, and such on some of the other modules. But it fires it out really fast, and it's cool. It's cool looking. Um, I remember uh, hearing from Scott uh, uh, mention that. He, well, I want to bring up two things. So one one item was he was on a uh, uh, on one of the flipping out streams uh, that I was asked to participate on a YouTube uh, stream, and I asked him if he liked this game more than TNA, and he said that he felt Final Resistance was better than TNA, and uh, having played it, that may be true. That may be true. I think that there's a little. I think the shots feel a little better. There's a there's a. TNA is a good game. Obvious, uh, obviously, I owned it. I chose to own it, uh, but there were a few shots on it that I wasn't super enamored with. Like, there's a little bit of clunk to some of the aspects of the. Like, I didn't like the right orbit shot. I always thought it felt weird, and then there wasn't a lot of control in the upper section, uh, which was by design. But it was a little frustrating trying to hit those uh, those like one, two, three targets. Uh, whereas with this, um, you know, because it was more of a fan layout, I was able to find the shots a lot easier. Uh, you also, even though the ball firebacks were really, f- I mean, there were some returns that almost, I almost lost the ball on because they're all in the back. I did have more reaction time, not as much as most designers would give me like Scott gives me less time, right? but the sheer fact that there's more distance meant I had more reaction time by default. So that helped me, uh, enjoy the game quite a bit. And then the other thing that he has, he'd mentioned a couple of times is, uh, his, his decision to really keep the art by and large on the on the system screen static like a normal play field and made it look like a normal like with inserts like it looks like there are inserts and he's got little little effects that are occasionally doing stuff but keeps it super static and i thought that made it so much better for me so much better and you know and that's uh i don't know if i'd say controversial but like I saw someone else who's a fan of the of the P3 system say that they didn't like that tactic because what what differentiates it as a P3 thing if you're making it like a normal pinball machine. But and I think that's a fair point. Because the reason why, in a large part, this is number two and not number one, is I want this to be a traditional pinball machine because it could be. There's no reason uh, the person was right, other than like using the item thing, which in theory we could probably solve. There's no reason for this to be a P3. This is, this could be a traditional pinball game. And that's what I want. I, I don't want it to look like a phone game. I want it to be a traditional pinball game. That's what Scott gave me. Um, but, uh, because so much of it is sort of straight out of the TNA handbook, I couldn't put it above Foo Fighters, even though I think this has got a lot of, of flow. It is a fan layout. It is, uh, it's using a lot of things that I think we knew worked from TNA and we're just, repackaged uh and and that's fine again it's my number two game yeah but but, um so i like i liked it a lot but not it didn't have the same level of uniqueness that foo fighters brought so it's my number two but i don't really have anything i would point to as a flaw with it like if you like what i've described then you should like final resistance if you don't if you don't like fast games uh, just stay away from this (laughs) stay away from this all right um what was your third game third game godfather Except for that part, which is we fine. Could hear I the, couldn't. We could hear that one time. <laughs> you could hear well, the one time. That, you could definitely actually, hear that. It was it was hard to hear Godfather too. Yeah, so, so. but uh, no, it 
Yeah, it, it's just it's a beautiful game. It shot really well, a lot better. I'll be. It's probably the best shooting JJP, or if not the best, it's top two. Uh, I will say that it is the first JJP game I've truly, really enjoyed since Dialed In. Um, I probably actually like it more than Dialed In. Okay. Uh, and we, we, so, I mean, that would flat out put it as my favorite JJP game. But it is a game that I went into it expecting it to be a JJP game. And, and it is in a lot of ways. But it felt better than what most of them normally do. And it didn't give me the annoyed feeling like when we play Wonka or uh, Toy Story where it's like... <sighs> I gotta, I gotta go play this one when it comes up in tournament play. Mm. Uh, uh, I actually enjoy the, the, some of the stuff. I liked the kind of world building type thing they designed for it. I thought it was enjoyable and it gave depth to something that I really did not think would work well in this format. Uh, I still don't think it's necessarily the best uh, uh, choice, but it looks good. The stained glass motif was beautiful, like I've been saying since I first saw it. It looks great in person. Uh, and overall, I just I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, my number three ranked game was Pulp Fiction. So you, you've touched on a lot about the game already. Um, because we only got a chance to play it once, and it was by far our longest wait to play it, my, my issue with it is, and my caveat, and again, these are just first thoughts, obviously not reviews. We didn't play any of these enough to give good reviews. Um, the game really kicked my butt, so like I didn't really find my shots very well on it, so my opinion on this game could change a lot. I still don't have a good read on the layout. I, Given it's hard, and I, I often like games that are kind of uh, mean to me, um, it, I, I think I'm comfortable keeping it at number three, but it might change over time as I get more experience with it. What I like and respect about the game is that it's kind of gone with like a late eighties throwback look at first, but then when you start to play it, it's got clear features that are modern. I've seen some people complain about the, uh, the game looking like it's, uh, People will say, oh, it's a throwback game, and then they and people get upset. And it's like, no, it's got this and this. Like, it's got a subway, and it's got this part and this part, and it's, that's not that's not throwback stuff. And and I think that's fair. Uh, but when you look at it, it gives you the impression, oh, look, you're looking at System Eleven. And then when you play it, it gives you a different experience. So uh, I think the idea. I really wish I could have heard it. See, that's the, I couldn't hear the callouts. Um, and so, but I, but I, th- I. Overall, given what I experienced with it, and I, w- I was able to understand what I was trying to do rules-wise from it, especially because I was watching, you know, we played in a group of three, so I was able to watch the displays and stuff and the instructions as we were going along. So overall, yeah, I I didn't see anything really negative with it, uh, but because I didn't have a good uh, length of ball time on it and couldn't get more tries on it, I just sort of by default have to put it below Foo Fighters and Final Resistance. But um it still remains the one that intrigues me the most of all of these games, just because it looks so different from anything else that we're currently seeing out of pinball. So, okay. So now we go to rank number four. Uh, what was your fourth favorite? My fourth favorite was final resistance. Uh, I ranked it farther down than you did. Uh, because while I enjoyed it, 
uh, like you said, it felt like it could have easily been just a regular pinball machine and a regular table. And it felt like if anything, um, it was harmed being tied into the P3 architecture. Harm, harmed in what way? Just because you've got the, oh, the cost and the history requirements for it oh you mean like harmed on sales yes harmed oh, I, on sales. I, I not harmed like the game was okay harmed. i wondered like i was, wonder if there was an aspect yeah. of the system that you like you didn't like the flipper feel or something no like. no 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 I, I i mean harmed by what it does to the cost of what i i feel like that game in a standard cab would be cheaper than oh yes than than a P three with the module by a chunk. I he would he would sell more if it had been made by another company. Yeah, because it feels like Final Resistance in a standard cab, even if it was at nine, mm. would have sold would sell a lot more, just because the architecture of the multimorphic architecture people don't there if there there are people who just flat will not buy into that architecture which means there's a lot of people who could really enjoy this game who flat won't ever even play it i enjoyed it it, it like with you it, it struck all the right points i just feel like it wasn't given the chance to be everything it could have been hmm. okay i see where you're coming from uh my my rank four game is godfather so now I think we've we've each covered all of the stuff that each of us have talked about in the, in these four. Uh, Godfather looks great. Animations as usual are usual are cool. I could understand the rules on this, even though I think this has fewer multi balls than Guns and Roses does. It sure seemed relatively easy to get into the multi balls still, which is not a favored feature of mine when it comes to the JGP games. Um, I I enjoyed what I shot on it. This might be the fastest playing JJP that they've made. It's definitely Eric Minier's fastest player, yes. in my opinion. Um, I, yeah, I don't know yet. Uh, I did get a few games on it, but I don't know if I would put it above dialed in, but I definitely would put it uh, at number two if it's not number one in my list of games. It is It is very strong. My biggest issue, and this is a minor issue, because again, I think this is a very well-presented game, uh, was... Because it's got like these 20, you know, they're really emphasizing the number of different ball returns. Even though this is faster than some other JJP games, there's a lot because of the diverters and the uh, the mechs like going behind the uh, bash toy uh, guy that you fight and stuff like this isn't that fast of a game. And I tend to fly. I like games with more speed than what this offered. So. Uh, well, I look at this and they kept the pricing the same as they did for Toy Story 4. And I think when people look at this game, they're going to feel like there's more money on the play field than there was when they look at Toy Story 4. It's not fast enough for it to be a game that I would want to own, but it is a game I wouldn't mind facing in tournament. So like, I, w- I would look forward to playing this on location, assuming we get one. But uh, So yeah, overall, I enjoyed the game quite a bit. It's just because of the the speed of the game and such. Everything else, as I mentioned, you know, Foo Fighters, flowy, Final Resistance, flowy, Pulp Fiction, brutal. Uh, this wasn't all that brutal, and it wasn't super fast. Right. So it's just not my style of game like that I lean towards. But uh, but uh, overall, I thought it was a very very good package by Jersey Jack. So, what do you rank as your fifth? This is where for me the negatives start to really outweigh the positives. So everything like all my, my top four games are my, like if this meets what you want, definitely try these games out. Cause I think they're good. 
now we're going to get to where my opinions are more mixed for a little bit and then start to skew much more negative. Yeah, it is uh, at five. I'm going to go with Queen. So did I. It shoots fine. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the shots. It probably would have been better if I could have heard the mm. music. Yeah, we couldn't hear it. We couldn't. I, I Now, we talked to people who played it at points when they could hear the music, and they said it, it was that music call-outs and all that stuff were really good. Just I couldn't hear any of it while I was playing. Uh, but overall, it shot fine. Um, it's nothing special. I don't think I would add it to like a personal collection. But it definitely didn't have any big negatives compared to what I figured Pinball Brothers game would be. Yeah, it's uh, yeah my I have it here kind of in the middle of the pack because you know, my my stance on it was was fairly mixed, acknowledging like Tony did that I couldn't really hear it. Uh, the the ball times like the shots felt better than Alien. They they were okay. Um, I didn't like the slings, sort of a plasticky feel to them, I, a toy-like. I don't know, again, if that was the show and power or what. Uh, I felt like my ball times on the on, on the game were decent. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I felt that the left side shot better than the right-hand side. Like, I enjoyed that more. I wasn't enamored with the upper play field aspect at all um, once I figured out how to get up there. But it seemed straightforward and approachable. The rules were easy to understand, uh, not particularly complex in any way, though. Um, it just kind of, you know, it. if I were to do a comparison, it would be kind of back on our other stuff. It, it kind of had some Big Lebowski-esque aspects, but I think Big Lebowski's layout's better than Queen. Yes. And so because of that, I'm just kind of like, eh. It's, if you're a huge Queen fan, I don't think this game's going to be like a miss for you, but, but outside of that, I we... I mean, they're just stronger things that we've already talked right. about. So yeah, it was okay. I just, yeah, I just, it didn't, it didn't really do anything for me, but it didn't offend me either. It was just like, oh, okay. Well, um, if we, if I were to see it, would I put money in it on location? Uh, maybe a dollar, Yeah, but I wouldn't invest a lot of time in it. And not in a location where you couldn't hear nothing. Right, right. But also if, I, if someone was like, hey, let's play queen, I wouldn't go, oh my God, no. So that, I again, forfeit. Get meh. I put it as meh. Yeah. Um, all right. Sixth. GTF. Exclamation point. GTF. GTF. Galactic Tank Force. American Pinball. Okay. This one had a lot of buzz. Uh, it, it had a lot of buzz. Lead them up to the show. And Well, and I've talked to people. I talked to people at the show who genuinely love this game. They loved law, everything about this game. Um, I had problems dialing in my shots on it. It felt very clunky. But that a hundred percent could be me. Um, the qua- build quality, like we'd concerned from the pictures, looked very terrible in person on some of the toys. They were very obvious three D prints that didn't look that good, in my opinion. Um, I definitely feel like they went all in on the camp, and for me, it went too far. Hmm. It, it, it it went too far. It went from being so bad it's good to so bad it's bad. Um, I have had told people, I, I couldn't hear the call outs. I could hear the stuff that actively made my ears bleed mm-hmm. and made me want to walk away from the, the, the game. The, there, there was very loud ear piercing. Like someone was jamming an ice pick into my ears, 
uh, uh, sound effects when you hit certain things and the pews and this and that that actively made me want to walk away from the game. I hated it so bad. Um, and that's something it, that was the most annoying thing is I couldn't hear anything except for those, and they made me want to just shut it off. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll get I'll, I'll, I'm more than willing to put some more plays onto it. Uh, when it gets somewhere where I can play it, where it will hopefully not cause me to f- want to be deaf. Uh, and we'll see. But it just, nothing nothing felt right when I played it. And that, I don't know how much of that is, just that I couldn't get the shots dialed in or it felt weird and how much of that is an issue with the game itself. But those sound effects were way too much. And all the stuff that was supposed to be super campy, cutesy, just was annoying. Yeah, uh, GTF was my sixth game also. And uh, after we had played it, uh, the last day of the show, actually, I, I ran into Steve Bowden. And I, I, you know, I spoke very, very briefly with him about the game. And he said, you know, with a, with a game like, with a theme like Galactic Tank Force, you, you gotta, he's like, you gotta lean into the camp, right? You just gotta lean into it. And I'm like, yeah. Yes, you can't take that game serious, but I like you. I wonder if they went too far, like if they found the line and actually were able to cross it, which I I wasn't even until I saw this necessarily thought that was possible uh, to make a game too campy that had to be campy. But but that's not the biggest issue. It's yeah, the blend of stuff. It's unless people can get a lot of time on it, like again, you, you know, you being the, the sort of very generous individual that you are willing to give it another chance. When you first approach it, it's a cacophony of different stuff that yeah. hits you. And none of it seems to tie together, at least on first blush. And it makes a very unattractive package when you think about that. So like, like the art's cool. You see the sci-fi retro thing, you plunge the ball and you're hit with dubstep which doesn't fit the era that this looks like. So you're like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. So we've already got some sort of an anachronism going on with that. As you noted, there were some piercing, shrill sounds that were cutting. Like, all I could hear was dubstep and these piercing. I don't know if it was like in the pop. I think it was the pop bumpers and maybe Yeah, it was like a pew pew and all this other. Whatever it was, was like so shrill, like pumping out little tweeters um, out of the speakers. That it, I mean, it hurt, it hurt, but you couldn't hear the call outs. You couldn't hear the clips. There's one part where things got a little quiet, like the games beside me were also quiet. And I heard one little part where the, where one of the call outs was happening and it's telling me like, I could leave, but I could leave my cows and milk or something. And I thought, okay, there, 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 that might be fun. Like that part, the campy, like uh DVD nineties wing commander, let's all act. We're wearing a video game, but let's act really bad. Cause it's a video game. Right. That. That sort of level of camp that might be working. I just when when you can't hear it. I'm sorry, I'm getting animated. I'm bumping stuff. Um, <laughs> when you can't hear it, it's, it's it's really tough. So again, that's a show setting thing. Uh, the rules seemed okay. Like what I could experience of the rules, I was like, well, they didn't make any sense. Like why? All right, why am I gathering milk? I'm guessing that has to do with the ice cream. Uh, whatever. I, I I don't know, but I I could figure out like these shots advance these things. So I understood the rules. So the rules seemed okay. Maybe good, but I don't have enough time to say that they're good, but they seemed okay. Layout did not work for me. What I experienced of that layout I was was very challenging for me, and I, I spoke to someone else at the show. I won't name them. Uh, <laughs> <'cause another laughs> one. They actually compared the layout to Thunderbirds, and Ouch. I was like, 
okay, I've never played Thunderbirds because the one time it was at TPF, it was broken and I didn't get a chance to play it. So I can't make that comparison. Uh, but what I can say is of, of all of the games I played, I liked the, this layout the least. And, uh, and so, and that includes the other stuff, like talking back to Celts and things like, yeah. no, this one was my least favorite layout currently. And it's, not, I'm not going to say that the layout is so off of what I want that the rules couldn't make it acceptable, but I don't think that layout would ever be great for me. I don't right. think it's my layout. So, so because of that, I was, I was disappointed. Um, I, and I'm, I'm of, of two minds. I would really like to see, like they could rebalance the sound, like make it not so piercing and stuff. Those things can be fixed. Right. And so I kind of want to try it again, but I also based off of my experience, like don't want to encounter it. Does that make sense? Like I've just, I'm, I'm really torn. And the problem this is where like, you know, as us who commentate on the hobby, you know, coming in, I'm like, I think this doesn't leave a great impression. And I don't know how many they sell. Cause if you have to invest a lot of time to figure out if you, I mean, this doesn't have a license right. to sell off of. So if you have to invest a lot of time to like get behind all the choices they made, that's not a good thing. That's not a good marketing thing. That's unfortunate that it, it takes that much to, to get it. And, and so just based off of the first impressions of what we were able to experience, uh, it's a hard no, a hard no for me, but it wasn't my worst game. No. And it wasn't yours either. Cause no. we have one more. We have our seventh ranked game. Uh, Tony, what's your seventh ranked game? It's Scooby-Doo. Okay. Where are you? <sighs> um, right into a collective gamers podcast at gmail.com. If you really, uh, you know, want, want to take issue with our opinions, because obviously, uh, we, we were pretty critical of GTF and we're now saying this game's worse because it is. In our so, opinion. So what? So why? Tell the listeners why for you, Tony. One, somehow this game is even worse on the sound than chomp, GTA. Chomp, chomp, oh, chomp, oh, chomp, just, chomp. Those are Scooby Snacks for those that don't it, know. It was just, it was so bad. And the game, I thought Toy Story was super easy and boring to play. And then I played Scooby-Doo and found out that I had been wrong. Toy Story is far more interesting. Because Scooby is just... I drained. And it was like, oh, thank God I drained. It's over. We can go somewhere else now. And no game should ever give me that feeling. Uh, especially a game that is so tied into such a beloved... Uh, a, a franchise, something that has so brought so many people together over the years. Uh, I think it looks great. I, I think it is a theme that should have worked wonderfully. And in reality, it's just, it's not fun. I had zero fun playing that game. Even discounting how bad the sounds was were, I had no fun playing that game. But the sounds were, if anything, even worse than GTF. It just drove me insane. Yeah, I mean, you've touched on all the all all the major things. I think I I, I was going to stress. So, all right. First of all, uh, they brought a lot of them, which was good. Uh, you couldn't hear the callouts, which and they've got great voice actors doing the callouts. So they again, do. That's a show thing. So unfortunate that we can't really because I think 
I think slash hope at least that that would have been a, a thing to really highlight. Uh, the art's great as as we, but we already knew that because we can you know we have eyeballs and we saw the photos so we knew the art was good. I yeah it's uh, it was such a weird hodgepodge of just um, it's like if I were to take all of its categories it's not at the bottom of every single like I think all right all right I'll start with the sound because you really emphasize that so yes. The sound was a bigger problem. It was the sound was more annoying than GTF sound. Yes. Now I could hear more. Like I could hear the music of GTF, and I'm, I thought it was like I thought it was weird that they went with dubstep, but but I could ex- okay, once I went like okay, well it doesn't fit, but whatever. We're gonna do dubstep and fight tanks. I could accept that, and it was just like the shrill things that I, just to me sound like they just need to like scale back the decibels by twenty on those, and they and it'll be okay. This just like. Every sling is a boing and every Scooby snack. And there are a lot of Scooby snacks is a chomp. And I'm just like, boy, I, I think I, I don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure while I was playing it, I got to the point where I was just started just randomly going boing, 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 you chomp, did. chomp, boing. Was I? Okay. You did. I, felt, I thought I was. I, I apologize to those nearby. And you did after we walked away too. Boing, boing, <laughs> chomp, chomp, boing. Uh, and I was just like, no. Uh, and I and there have been, again, there have been other games that the tinkling glass in Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle kind of set my teeth on edge too. Though it wasn't as bad in real life as it was like when I watched a video and someone right. was like doing direct audio out. But this was real life in a loud show where I can't hear the call outs, but I can hear my chomp, chomp, boing, boings. So it's just, it's already setting my teeth on edge. <sighs> the layout is very forgiving. Now, part of this is, is spooky's fault these games they they had like eight there they should not have left these at stock factory the gameplay was taking way too long i don't know i because i didn't time it obviously because i didn't know how long it would be but i think it seemed like my first ball which was my longest was was probably around five minutes easily uh, for a game i had never played before and I got a little sloppier by design in my play after that because, like you, I was kind of getting to where I don't feel like I need to. One, I feel bad because there's a line behind me, and I don't want to. You know, I'm not trying to GC these things. And and second, uh, one ball was probably enough. Quite frankly, um, the layout, like, is the layout better than GTF's layout? Uh, it depends what you want. So. The, there are so many horseshoes on this layout. You know, I made, fun, I made, I made, I know I made fun of that at one point. The Patreon members know that I, I, <laughs> I have a baby's first four horseshoes that I did. You can be a Patreon member for as low as one dollar a month if you want to see that. Um, and because I'm like, wow, there's like two horseshoes down below, and there's two horseshoes up top. I think I heard an interview with, uh, I think it was Carl D'Angelo. I think he was on a podcast where he said, actually, it's there's like a pseudo horseshoe also up top. So it really feels more like there are five. And you feel all of those. They're very safe. They're not particularly fast. They, even though the game is wide, I will say, uh, Spooky did do a decent job keeping the lower section to feel kind of like a standard body. It, it more so than I thought they would. But once I was up in the upper playfield, that was floaty, super floaty. Maybe yeah. it was just the copy we played. But um, while the book for the bookcase diverter flipper was cool, that I did was li- cool. I liked the implementation of that. That was good. Um. I didn't like being up there and it was easy to stay up there pretty easy. And, and obviously that was completely safe, but the lower play field was pretty safe too. And the, you know, the flippers didn't feel good. The slings didn't feel good. Uh, they didn't, the flippers didn't feel horrible, but again, this is a show. So low power situations, da, 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 da. Um, but the rules were straightforward, but 
but boring. I thought, I thought that just the whole strategy of what you needed to do, like, because I was on it for so long, I'm just like, it feels like wood chopping. And, um, that, and that some people like that style. So again, that's just a, a stylistic thing, but it's just like the, the strongest thing I could say for Scooby is like, as a theme that could also appeal to children, not just adults, uh, maybe it's better to do it like this than say what Stern did with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and have a really brutal layout. So this, I think kids could have a a good ball time on this, but I don't think overall it's a very good pinball experience. Like, and I, and I'm rating, obviously I'm rating it below GTF and GTF left a lot to be desired in my, in my gameplay and sound aside, it was really because of the layout, but this, I mean, the sound, the sounds were worse. The layout was, because of the floatiness and stuff, I actually, I enjoyed shooting GTF more than than Scooby. And I think your mileage will vary on that, depending on what you're looking for. But uh, it's just, I just didn't think it was a strong game. Aside uh, from theme. Right. Theme's great. As a part-time, you know, when I feel like an occasional tournament player, I fear this game being at tournament venues they they would have to change the setting i i mean they have to they'd have to make it brutal in some way they, this i mean like you were, at, you were at a tournament a few weeks ago and i know the uh right you were at a tournament a few weeks ago and what what was it was it toy story it was 4, toy story where, 4 where, which made the whole night drag on yep every every other game would be done except for toy story 4 and toy story 4 i think we would both agree is more brutal than scooby was yes yeah, so, and you'll be you'll you and there were there were points in time where everybody except for the four players on Toy Story Four were sitting down for fifteen twenty minutes waiting for Toy Story Four to finish. And so, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I just didn't like it. I I don't have. That's why it's it's last on my yeah, list. No, it is just nothing. I've talked to multiple people who were like. Yeah, I didn't even want to plunge ball three. Or I just yeah. plunged ball three and I, walked away. I, I spoke yeah, I spoke with some people who by and large who try and have a very positive view. Like sometimes I and I, I don't want to be overly negative. I but I always want to be honest because I don't think it's right to act like something's that you enjoyed something when you don't. Right. But I know some people who really try and find the positives and things and they, they really struggled aside from what we touched on, like art package and the voice actor recruitment. Like they really struggled to say nice things about how this played. But again, it's um, it's done well on sales, and so there. Yeah. Just because we don't like it, uh, if you, you know, if it's your style of game, you know, give it. A, I, I always say, give it a shot, no matter what we think. Give it a shot. But um, I, if I never play it again, I, I will be happy. Yeah, no, I'm perfectly fine with never. So I was just. I mean, I, 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 I was. I hoped for more. We uh, had multiple occasions on that one because they brought so many that we could have played it again, and it's, we didn't. Here, here's here's the thing. I would rather play Halloween. That's so rough. I think Scooby's layout is better. I do. I think uh, my biggest frustration with Halloween is I don't. I think it's a bad layout, and I don't think. Well, I don't like Scooby's layout. It's not like design wise. I think it's a better layout. But the thing is, Halloween sounds don't annoy me. Yeah. And this with the chomps and everything else. And I thought the the. I anyway. It's it's a close thing, but. That's my stance. Yeah, definitely not. They were definitely, of the big new games, they were the loser by far. All right, that concludes our TPF 2023 coverage. And before we hop over to the video game segment, oh, 
Tony's before po- we hop over oh, to Tony's Rumor Corner. Oh, he's pointing. He's pointing at me. Just, just to let people know, because I got a ton of questions while we were at TPF. My little collapsible stool that <gasps> I used to survive mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the enormous lines uh, is like the number one collapsible stool on Amazon. If you just search collapsible stool, it, it it's right there. And okay. it's great. It's just a little tiny plastic disc that expands and makes a decently comfortable chair that's a way better than standing when you're in line for an hour yes your claymore my claymore somebody thought i wondered if i had a claymore on my chest because i was walking around with it slung over my neck by its strap Mm -hmm. so all right well with that important uh psa out of the way let's go ahead and hop into rumor corner Okay, on today's Rumor Corner, we have received a rumor that Stern is actually going to do three games this year. Now, we haven't heard that there being a bunch of Decepticons and that they're going to be three cornerstones. The rumor is that they do have a boutique planned this year. Now, I mentioned earlier that Tony and I talked about this while we were at TPF because I know Tony's speculation was we didn't hear what game. And, I, no. and, and Tony's speculation was, well, not back to the future because we're getting closer to the next major anniversary of it, but that's not this year. So Yeah, because that would be two years from now. So, and yeah, that's what that was my understanding. So given that, um, I, I don't – do you have any speculation? Again, this would be speculation. The rumor I, is just that there, there will be a boutique. I, I really have no idea. Some of the boutiques seem so out of left field to me mm-hmm. that I don't know. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I won't, I won't venture a guess either. People can write in eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com if they think they know what the boutique is. But anyway, so not much of a rumor, but did it rumor tain you? Sure. Okay. Well, I don't care. Video games. What's going on? There is video game stuff. Uh, I don't have a whole lot because I knew pinball would be huge this week. Lots of that. Lots of all that. So we'll go to the big things. E3. Is canceled. It's gone. Uh, Ubisoft uh, and Tencent uh, both announced that they were not going to be at E3, and almost immediately afterwards, E3 canceled. Uh, because by that point in time, Ubisoft was the last major publisher who hadn't already pulled out. So, uh, so I think it's dead. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because that I think that's the only thing to, to say is so was this the last gasp of E3? Will they just like formally just be like we're not a thing? I, now? I don't see how they can come back from this. They they've been without having a physical show since before COVID. Um, the digital shows have not gone over well, and in these years. Uh, between all of the major publishers are now doing their own digital. They all have their own digital presentations that most of them do multiple times a year. And they seem to be preferring that format. And cause that was Sony's plan. Even during E3, they weren't going to be at E3, but they were going to do a digital drop during the week of E3. EA was doing the same thing. Uh, Nintendo does their Nintendo directs like seven times a year now. So I just think that what E3 was 
has been supplanted at this point, and I don't think they're going to be able to claw it back to being what it was. Can they take the E3 existence and what it is and create something else that's not like an industry show? Can they turn it into like a fan show? Uh, maybe. It is now owned and being run by the same groups that do the PAXs, which are very hugely popular. But I just don't see it. I, I think E3 is done. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I, I was curious to see this year just because with the Penny Arcade thing, the PAX uh, crew being the organizers, I kind of wanted to see like all the changes they were because it sounded like they were playing some pretty significant some pretty res- significant reforms to the system, but um, it requires you to have vendors. We haven't had a real E3 in so long now. I, I, well, I missed it originally. It's like, okay, well, I don't care anymore. I don't even know if the last couple E3s we had, like 18 and 19, they, they weren't at, they weren't at the same level as the early 2000 and mid and, and no. early 2010 E3s. You're right. It's just, uh, it was because of the, Let's be honest, for me, it was just because it made it an easy podcast episode to just focus in on a whole bunch of video game announcements. And it's something that, well, like we just got to enjoy talking about and doing that with TPF. Yeah. Uh, and what I had mentioned in, in my introduction, Watches and Wonders does this. But these are physical devices where getting hands-on makes sense in a show. With video games, you can let the media have like a, a demo kit and they download it. They don't have to be at an event. You don't have to structure it that way. So, you know, times have changed. So. You mean I can't download a Vacheron? You can download a picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The other big topic is the UK regulators have softened their stance on the Microsoft Activision buyout, uh, which I think is going to – they were the ones that were looking to be the biggest – they had the biggest issues and were the ones that were looking like they were going to be roughest. Uh, but they have backed off and they no longer think that it will be a major lessening of competition after uh, taking feedback and talking to other members of the industry. Oh, okay. So it sounds like now that they've talked to somebody whose name doesn't start with Sony, uh, they realize that nobody else is worried about this except for Sony. Um, also, concerns have been brought up in the u.s congress about sony engaging in blatant anti-competitive conduct uh Mm. with their major control of the high-end gaming market and especially their complete control of the gaming market in japan and it was brought up during uh senate finance committee or trade trade finance uh committee hearing and questions were asked uh, in relation to it and an upcoming uh, Pacific Trade Partnership thing that's being negotiated. And rather quickly after that, Japan approved the merger. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Yeah. The market penetration on, uh, uh, yeah. What's the competitive landscape for Microsoft in Japan? It's never been good. Yeah. No, Sony has like 98%. Yeah. So it is, uh, it's no big deal for them. Uh, So that leaves the big ones out there is the EU and the U.S. market. Right. Uh, I guess technically, I don't think China's made a decision on it yet, but I don't think it's going to affect anything. Uh, We'll have to see. I think if EU and the U.S. say it's okay, I don't know that China matters. 
uh, for it. Okay, but I don't. I, I don't know enough. That that's a big thing. Uh, the EU's final decision is slated for the end of May. Uh, the U.S. last I heard was talking about early summer making the decision. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to see where that goes. But I think at this point, I think we're rolling in towards this being what we originally thought it would be, which is a done deal. Um, especially with the U.K. backing off because mm. they were the ones who were riding the competitive problem the hardest. Um, there are unconfirmed reports uh, i'm going to go with unconfirmed reports they're th- like from third party or, or or you know i was there when somebody said it but no direct stuff that uh a conversation was had with a member of sony staff uh where they brought up the fact that that they'd offered call of duty for 10 years with an even better deal than they have on call of duty now and the reply was, oh, I don't care about Call of Duty. I just don't want the merger to happen. Mm. So, which is what we've all thought all along. I, mean, I don't think it's surprising, yeah. Because the Call of Duty is the argument they're using. I think the biggest thing is, at this point, I wonder if it wasn't that Sony wanted that purchase and didn't get in in time. Could Sony afford to buy Activision Blizzard? Could. I don't think they're in the financial state to do it. But I don't think they want the play field coming closer to love. That's the thing that I've never got is everybody's talking about this kills competition. But even after the merger, Microsoft's still going to be in third place. It's not like it's, the, it's yeah. not like they're going to first place and they're like double the size. They're not right. even going to be in right. on, second place. On, on paper, <laughs> I, 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 my, you know, and I, I don't know. My, my theory has been that. Sony's concern is with the Activision library being available day one on Game Pass, that gamers over time will realize that it's cheaper to actually play games on Microsoft. Right. And so given that, that they'll lose market share, maybe not on the you know PS5, but when it comes to the PS6 and the Xbox One 2 or whatever they're going <laughs> to they'll do something dumb like that. Don't you worry. The Xbox One again. One again, <laughs> The Xbox One 360. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. So, um, the Xbox One 360. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll, it'll, I'm sure uh, the only thing uh, you to think anyone could name something worse than Nintendo when they like did Wii U. Uh, but here's Microsoft saying, <laughs> "Hold my beer." Um, uh, so, so that being said, I, I just think that it's Game Pass that's Sony's problem because Microsoft has realized like they're getting, especially for people that can't easily afford to buy a lot of games. Game Pass is such an attractive option. And to be able to say day one on release, you don't have to pay any extra money. You're getting stuff that Activision deals in. And Call of Duty is the big regular one that a lot of people, that's their big major purchase that they don't wait for a sale on every year. That is like, well, why would you own a Sony? All you need to really do is convince your friends to also just do Game Pass, get Microsoft's uh, console. And so I don't think it's about them owning Activision. I think it's about the fact that if they own it, then Game Pass is going to, you know, it's going to have it all. It's going to have everything, even if it's third party. It's, even if it's all on Sony still, it, why spend $60? You're already subscribed to Game Pass. Here you go. Enjoy Call of Duty. Oh, plus all this other cool stuff. I was subscribed to Game Pass on PC for a long time and played a lot of games because of it so 
that's what I think it is. Uh, I think Sony, I, you know, they're they're not stupid. I think they see that and they're like, we just don't have anything that is as that. With Microsoft controlling so much first party, it becomes a problem. Right. Whereas otherwise, they might have felt like, well, we have other we our parity comes in some other areas. You know, we have a bigger install base that wants to, you know, you want to continue with the same architecture. I did. I mean, and it was a tough. You know, it was harder for me when when Xbox One uh, came out and they made all these decisions that were bad compared to what they had on the 360 and Sony made some big inroads and Sony already was bigger then it's mm-hmm. there was a huge US market for Xbox and a lot of them defected because Microsoft bungled it so badly and now it's sort of like well Microsoft's trying to make amends by controlling a lot of kind of I want to have stuff and even if a lot of it's shared if you don't have to pay extra for it why would you so. right well and i think something that Sony needs to concentrate on is going to be their first party games. They're going to have to make something, especially in that kind of first person shooter call of duty zone. They're going to have to make something big. Yep. A kill zone has to come back. And they, yeah, they're going to have to do something big, but remember they own Bungie now. Do they own them or was it just a deal? I don't know. I, thought I don't know what's going on. I, I thought they'd bought Bungie. That, as so there's I something there's something arranged with Bungie. Uh like I didn't know if they were a second party developer or if they actually outright owned them. But uh that but that's a good one to bring up. Bungie obviously has a lot of FPS experience. They made Microsoft's kind of have to have uh game Halo on the first Xbox. Uh yeah, last July, Sony officially purchased Bungie. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so, well, there you go. They have lots of experience in that. I mean, I mean, that and Destiny. I mean, it's a they're it's a good studio that knows its stuff. Yeah, I mean, if they want, that's the studio to use to build. If you want to build a first person shooter system that's just on your system, well, maybe they'll do it now. We'll have to see. But that's all I kept in because I knew we'd be running pinball heavy. Okay. Well, uh, that's it for the show. So if individuals want to reach out to us, as I noted a couple of times, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. You can visit us at facebook.com slash podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with probably not nearly as a pinball heavy focused episode because we won't be recapping any shows. Yeah. So until next time, my name is Dennis. I've been Tony. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.